So Money, episode 948, Allie Brown, entrepreneur, business coach, author, speaker, and podcast host. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. I think there's more of a guilt around this for women because we forget how new money is for us. Like as as a species, like we are really the first generation in in recorded history to have the freedoms that we have and the money that we have and the opportunities that we have. And so this is all such a new game that I think we need to cut ourselves a lot more slack and really take in the feelings that are happening, but look at the realities. And I know that some of us have a lot more work to do in this world and it may happen in a different way than, than you've created it. Ready to get your mind blown by Allie Brown, one of the world's most recognized entrepreneurial coaches who's been named the Entrepreneurial Guru for Women by Business News Daily. Allie Brown is back on So Money, having previously been on the show a few years ago when we talked a lot about her upbringing, her financial beginnings, starting her practice. Fast forward to today, she's still going exceptionally strong. You just heard her talking about her thesis around why women, some women have a hard time really taking risks in their businesses, in their careers, in their professional lives. We talk about how to synthesize your to-do list to really figure out what is important to you, your business, and your goals. Allie has an event coming up called Iconic with Allie Brown. We're going to talk about how you can get involved and join this very intimate event happening later this season. And why she keeps podcasting. Allie started her podcast, Glambition Radio, in 2014, has stuck with it since. I want to talk about her stamina and what keeps her going. Here's Allie Brown. Allie Brown, my dear friend, welcome back to So Money. I feel like so honored that I'm welcomed back. Is this like a big, I think it's a big deal. It's a special club. It's a special Some people club. are not. <laughs> Some people are not welcome back. No, no, that's not true. But I think <laughs> there are certain people that I really connected with. And I know from audience feedback that one, your podcast is one of the most popular listened to shows. Anyone listening, if you haven't listened to the episode with Allie Brown, as you know, a lot of you are coming to the podcast every day. I have new people coming to the podcast, as I'm sure you have experienced with Glambition. Uh, but go please and check out Allie Brown. Our first interview was a few years ago. And at that time, we were talking about your your beginnings and how you had less than $19 to your name at one point. And of course, now uh, you're helping so many women, quarter of a million people, in, in fact, uh, online and in person with their um, entrepreneurial goals, their financial goals. You are the go-to person, Allie. If you want to improve your business, if you want to figure it out, get to the next level, make a lot of money, you got to talk to Allie. So we're privileged to have you on the show to talk about some of your strategies. But before we get going, I want to let everybody know that you have a special in-person event later this season. I know that you're everywhere online. Everybody should follow you on your you know email list. I love your feed on Instagram personally, uh, but you do have a very special limited seated event happening later this year called Iconic for anyone listening who is an entrepreneur. So I want to give you a little bit of the stage to talk about that because that's important. Mm, thank you. 
Yeah. Um, this is my event called Iconic. It is November 4th and 5th. I'm checking the dates because my team on another show, they're like, that was the wrong date. Um, this is November 4th and 5th and here in Phoenix. Um, this is a different type of event. I started creating these types of events for specifically the women entrepreneurs who are doing, you know, the multiple six figures, seven figures, they've reached a level where the other huge events where you're, you know, jumping around and learning a lot of stuff and high five in your neighbor. And they're like, you know, we don't need the dance party. They're like, we, we don't, we don't need more how to stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I have enough friends. I want to come be in a room of, a limited size with women who have really done some amazing stuff already. And now they're going, what's next on two levels. And I see this in in a lot of people right now, not just women, but there, there's a calling to what's next. There's a calling and, you know, really what is my meaning of this work? What is my legacy work? What, what is my iconic work in the world? And on a surface level too, a lot of you who are doing business may be noticing that a lot of the same methods have stopped working that have worked for years. So there's an external um, practical part of this that we work on as well. And so people walk out really rewired, re-energized and re-powered for like that whole next chapter of their career. There's something interesting going on. You have a thesis about what might be happening internally for a lot of us. Um, a lot of us might be mothers, first marriage, second marriage, and how that is manifesting in our careers and our, our businesses. What are you noticing? What is the, the climate right now? What are women wanting in, in, these, in this phase in our lives? I, I see so many women and these are powerful women with powerful businesses too, but, but I do see this on, on many levels. It's, it's almost like when we all look back to the beginning of our careers or when we made that first big leap, maybe it was starting a business or asking for that job that you really wanted or making the money you really wanted. You know, there may have been a little breakdown or self-doubt around that, kind of like a little dark night of the soul. Like, can I really do this? It's a whole new dark night of the soul. <laughs> at this level. And it's more about, it's like, uh, it's more about like watching what's going on in the world today, feeling like, you know what, I need to do something and do this big and, and leave some meaningful work in the world. But there's also a little more fear around it than there was when we started our business, because at this point, you know, we have more to lose. And, and I think back, you know, you mentioned when I was living in New York, I think when I was living in the West village in that crappy apartment and, and couldn't take out the $20 bill, I literally had nothing to lose. You know, I had no kids, no pets, no problems. Like I just would, would work. I would figure it out day by day. And the last few years, you know, I'm, I'm, now negotiating with myself a bold new career move for next year and something that I'm going to be debuting actually on day two at Iconic. And I'll tell you, it's a whole new game now because risk takes on a new meaning now when you have a mortgage. I have, uh, my mom is living in the back of the property now. She has, um, you know, some, she's uh, physically challenged. And so, you know, she lives here with us and I take care of her. I have twin six-year-olds. There's, you know, I have employees that I'm paying. It, it's just a whole other game. And so this shift that you give yourself permission to take at this time in your life, it can take on a lot more weight and be in and be feel a lot more heavy. And and that's what I invite the women to bring to the room at this event, because they're in a great place. Sometimes it feels incredibly guilty to want to make a change. It can. And so how do we get over that? That's a really good 
question. I mean, I, or, uh, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I think, um, sometimes we have a hard time owning what our desires are, especially when they're tied to financial ambition. You know, it can mm-hmm. feel icky. Um, yeah. I, I can say that that has been my own, perhaps my own dealings with that earlier in my career. I got over it. And you know what helped me was I realized that when women make more, the world becomes a better place, that we are givers by nature. And not to say that when you make your money, you have to give it all away, but that is um, just a great reminder that there should be no shame. There should be no fear. Even if you feel like you're a quote unquote all set, there's no harm in you making more money because you're going to be able to give back, create more freedoms and for your family, like you just mentioned, taking care of your mother. So uh, what is that thought process and mindset reshifting of the mindset that has to happen, you think, for us to really embrace the desire to earn more? When, and and it's not even about, you know, the the earning more is part of it, but I think it's sometimes when, when we've proven ourselves making money in a certain method, right? And, and we're, we're proven in that, like maybe you have a certain job and career that you're totally dependable to your family, but your secret desire is to go start a business or you have a successful business, but now your secret desire is to do something totally different, right? Maybe you're just done with that or you've, you've, you've had it up to here or you want to build this up, sell it and move on or something. I think there's more of a guilt around this for women because we forget how new money is for us. Like as as a species, like we are really the first generation in, in recorded history to have the freedoms that we have and the money that we have and the opportunities that we have. And so this is all such a new game that I think we need to cut ourselves a lot more slack and really take in the feelings that are happening, but look at the realities. And I know that some of us have a lot more work to do in this world and it may happen in a different way than, than you've created it. This is the time of year, speaking of getting things done, that we feel the pressure of the end of the year approaching. I know personally, I have a lot on my to-do list, a lot of big things that I set out to accomplish this year. And I, because of just the personality that I have, I want to, I want to do it. Like I said, I would do it. But as you coach so many people who are inherent, like they're just, their DNA is hardwired to be ambitious. They're coming to you clearly with goals. How do you recommend we timeline everything and, and how to keep ourselves on pace and perhaps not feel the pressure of doing something just because there's a looming deadline that an arbitrary deadline that we have set? That's a loaded question, isn't it? That's why there's coaching. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we have, we have one minute. Go ahead. Well, I, I think this ties into something. It, it's actually something we work on at Iconic, and, and that is looking at, okay, you may have set goals. You may have metrics that you're you're judging yourself on in your business. So for example, in my circles, everyone pounds their chest over revenue. I mean, it's, it's absolutely like a scorecard mm-hmm. in so many ways for what we do. And where I get people to try to shift then is if it, you know, look at the metrics, first of all, that you're valuing like really highly. And what, what are you prizing for some people who do seminars? It's butts and seats. They just want to prove that there's a thousand people in the room, even if they could bring 10 friends for free and, and their dog. Right. But it just, they pride themselves on having a full room. You need to get clear instead on, so first of all, make a list of the metrics that your industry kind of honors, you know, so in, in internet marketing, coaching, this whole world that was kind of spawned when I came into it, you know, 15 years ago, it's, um, the size of your list and the revenues that you're bringing in and how many people are at your seminars and just all this stuff. 
I made a huge flip a few years ago to writing all that stuff down in one column and then the right column writing down what were the metrics that now really matter to me. Uh, for example, in my world, there's an incredible word called net. I'm sure you've talked about this too. <laughs> net, mm-hmm. yes. your net profit. Yes. And, um, you know, it's a longer story for a different time, but I now have probably like a fifth the size of the team I used to have. I work probably half as much as I used to have, but I have a higher net now than I did before Mm -hmm. because I started focusing on the numbers that really mattered to me. And for me that when it comes to dollars, it's what I bring home for me and my family. You know, I, I played the revenue game for a long time, won the awards and all that, but now it's really about that net number for some people in different, uh, different types of, of categories and or different jobs. They, there may be things that they're valuing that you realize, you know what, I created this goal over some type of false metric that doesn't really matter to me. So a metric now for me is like how much time a week I'm working in my genius, like that zone that I just absolutely love and time flies and I'm cooking up something new for next year and the time I get to work on that. And I'm so excited that I'm up at night, like getting ideas and working on things and that juices me up. That is now a metric for me each week. A metric for me is the quality time I spend with my kids. That's something I absolutely spend, you know, time kind of looking at. See, am I spending enough time with them? And it's not just about quantity. You know that as a mom. It's about quality. And that's that's hard to do. But make a list of those things. This really, in the end, we forget this is really just about you and how you feel about all of this. And so just check in if those accomplishments are a little more ego based or mm-hmm. industry based, like for validation, or if they're personal to you. That's how I think once a quarter is good to kind of look at how things are going. And yes, set goals. But I've been more always about a vision pulling me forward. And, um, and, and, and then if I get down to numbers, and when I get down to numbers, those are the things that I look at. It's so rewarding to think of it in this way. And as I'm hearing you give this advice, I'm thinking, what a what a reward and what a privilege it is. I feel like you've really earned the status and the ability to now create your work around the vision that is driving that and being able to dedicate time to being in your genius, as opposed to what a lot of us feel, which is just kind of hustling and being on this hamster wheel. I know when I was younger, I kind of knew that when I got to be in my 30s and 40s, when kids arrive, hopefully that I would be able to call more of my own shots. And to, But to get there, you have to be the yes person. I thought, you know, you have to just do it all, accomplish it all. Absolutely. And, in the beginning, you do. You do, you right? Do. It, yeah. It's so, all about yes. 20s and 30s, I mm-hmm. think, is all about the yes. So that you can afford yourself, right, in your later years, the ability to basically design your own your own work structure, that's a huge gift. It's been yeah. um, the fruits yeah. of our labor. There's a book that I highly recommend, and it, and it came out maybe about 10 years ago, I, I think. It's called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And I uh, send this to everyone who signs up for my workshop or I work with because it, it's a very simple read. But it was a, for me personally, it was a groundbreaking um, concept. And he talks about the difference between excellence and genius. Excellence is where we find ourselves into. And, and often in our, our 30s and early 40s, it's where we're proven. It's where we make the money, like we were talking about. It's where you become known as X, right? I became known as this. You became known as that. But there's another level 
like waiting to be unlocked. And and he calls that the genius. Mm -hmm. And the game now is how much time can you spend in that place of where you are just so juiced up and working only on that stuff and with the clients and people you love. And then maybe for some of us, the excellence is systematizing more of that in our business. Uh, changing the clients we work with. And I've, some women I've worked with have decided completely to shut one company down while they're building another one because they're like, wow, you helped me tap into what I really want. This doesn't even resonate with me. I don't think I can sell it, you know, making a big change. So think about that excellence to genius. And the interesting thing that I've witnessed, and, and, and he made this observation in the book, is that if you put this off too long, if you start resisting it, you'll, your business or your career or something will start to blow up. Like it's, it's like, it's there for you and you're trying, you're getting nudges from the universe. Yeah. And if you don't take the, does that ever happen to you? Like you don't take the nudge and then you get whacked on the head. (laughs) Well, Oprah says that, um, if you're, I mean, this is, I know of Oprah, there's so many things she says, but it does echo what you've just said, which is like, God sends you, he throws a pebble or she throws you a pebble before the the boulder comes for you. So you have to be tapped into, um, you have to be aware. You just have to be aware. It's, it's something that you'll, and if you're, if you're on the younger side, it may not make sense to you, but if you're probably into your like early forties, you may know there's another level of something that's waiting, um, to be taken on. And, and this is the time for you to start figuring out how to make that happen. It's so scary though, Allie. Like, I think I just want to make all the money I can the next five years and then just do stand up comedy. <laughs> Yeah, like, tell me more about that. Okay, okay. I need to ask you about that because yeah. I suddenly saw that in my feed and yeah. I was like, wait, Farnoosh Tarabi. Yeah, I, it's Farnoosh Tarabi. So, tell me more about that. Is that your genius, do you think? Like, is that I your happy I think that performing place? is something that I love to do. I don't know if it's a genius or if, if, I've, if I've got it, but I do feel very natural and comfortable on a stage. And I love entertaining and I love, you know, it's kind of why I am also, I've taken parts of that into my work, even though I'm in the kind of the financial advice space, but I love, I love presenting. I love communicating and I love telling jokes. So I took a class last summer, just the six week comedy boot camp, And I just did it because I said, what the heck, you know, like, let's try this. And I ended up really enjoying myself. I found it super challenging. I was really scared. All the, all the feels, right. And I loved it. I, I, that for me is like my happy place. You know, mm. I suddenly started to see the world differently. Um, you know, also because life can be really stressful. The world's a scary place. Suddenly you start, you, you start looking at it through the lens of comedy and irony and, and it just put a smile on my face 24 seven. So. All this to say that I've done it a little bit here and there, and every time I do it, um, I want to do it again, but it's hard to find the time, and it's hard to prioritize it because it's not making me any money. It's just a fun thing to do. It's a hobby, Mm. Uh, but I would love to turn this into something more serious. I actually just interviewed somebody on my podcast who spent his first, it was a man, spent his first you know, 20 years in his professional life working in sales. And he was fortunate to work at Facebook, cashed out a nice little lump sum and said, you know what? I'm going to dedicate the next chapter of my life to comedy. And it wasn't like he abandoned his business life. He actually used his business acumen to approach comedy in a way where 
it's structured. He can get gigs. He's got money coming in. He's not working like yeah. 1130 to drink minimum shows in the middle of nowhere, right? He's He's got a podcast that he's monetizing. He's doing speaking events, but he's infusing humor in all of it. I thought, okay, that's such an inspiration. And he did it starting no. at 45. So what have wow. I got to lose? I got five more years. <laughs> <laughs> there's always a bridge that you can, there's always a way. So to, to whatever you're thinking, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, gosh, but I really would love to do X, but like, then, then make a step in that direction. I love what, I love what you said is like, you just said, take a class, do something, right? Just do something in that direction. And you will often find whether it's business or something very personal and fun like that, you will find when you take a step, the universe will meet you with new clues, ideas, resources, things will just start to kind of happen. If you keep following the rabbit hole, you'll end up somewhere that you may have never imagined. Well, everybody, you have a few seats left, right? At Iconic, I want to share the website. It's Iconic with Allie Brown. Dot com. Um, yes. Come take a look. It's, you know, it, it again, it's for a, a, a woman entrepreneur in a mm-hmm. certain place. And if you aren't a good fit listening right now, if you could spread the word, because there are a lot of smart women going to dumb events and they're looking for something <laughs> different. They're looking for somewhere they can have an elevated conversation around where they really are, learn some really practical strategies too, and how to break out of the mess that we're seeing online and walk out with a completely different perspective on everything. You have a special guest, Cindy Eckert, joining the conference. Cindy's phenomenal. She was a guest on this podcast and she sold her um, business for a billion dollars. Yeah, with B. Yeah, like with a, a billion. B, yeah, you, that was on an M. That was a dollars. B. I just always emphasize that, like with B. B, yeah. The, and the big B. And it was a female Viagra, I believe, was the yes. was the thing. And everyone told her she was crazy. She wasn't going to get FDA approval, blah, blah, blah. Billion dollars later. Um, and she's got her signature pink, like everything. She's always wearing pink. I love it. Cindy Pink is her uh, Instagram. But um, what are you hoping Cindy will will teach your room of entrepreneurs? Because Cindy is sort of on a level that is, I mean, talk about aspirational. I know. I know. <laughs> just <laughs> when, when, when I met her too, I have to tell you, I was just so refreshed. Like, you know, when you, you admire people from afar and then when you meet them, you're like, gosh, I hope they're, they're like what I hope they're like, you know, like, like you just wonder, and she's all that and more. She is warm and amazing and helpful. And I said, listen, I want to bring you in as our special keynote, um, for a few reasons. One, you've done amazing things. I mean, she's in like you know, that's, that's a a record for a woman to sell her company for a billion dollars cash. Of course, my first question when I interviewed her, I'm like, does that come like a big publisher's house clearing, like clearing house yeah, check. Right. Like, 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 were you all watching? Do the balloons fall from the sky? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, tell us all about the moment you got the money. It was so exciting. Um, so first of all, she's, she's done these accomplished things. It's just impressive. Right. But if you look at the underlying mission of what that whole business was about on the surface, it got all this sexy attention in the media. Cause they said, Oh, it's a drug like Viagra for women. It was designed to increase desire in women. But when you hear what she went through, people were fighting for their, her not to get this on the market. They were worried that all women would become sex crazy. They, I mean, I mean, she was getting the strangest pushback and weird letters and people trying to keep her out of the FDA. And she's like, there's like 20 of these drugs for men to get it up, like, like, and, and feel it, you know, this is ridiculous. So this became a real mission for her around women and how disempowered 
um, society makes women around sex. So it's a, there's this whole mission around that. And that turned then into empowering women around business. She has a pinkubator fund that she funds business, um, businesses founded and for women founded by and for women. And so I want her to come in to get everyone in the room thinking incredibly big. Like when you're around her, you just add zeros to what's in your mind. You just imagine walking into a boardroom and doing big deals. It's just how she rolls and it's very natural. The more of those types of women that you are around, it will change how you think. It changes how you feel about yourself. It ups a whole level. Maybe the goal you were thinking about for the next year or two, it's, it's just incredible. And I'm sure you can agree, Farnoosh, when you're around these types of women, your thinking changes. You start thinking, you know what, I bet I can do a big deal with this thing and I should probably ask for more money for this. Hundred percent. You have to get out of your comfort zone. The inspiration and the action that I've taken from meeting women and men who are playing big and much bigger. The change can happen overnight because you can go home and start charging more, <laughs> like basically mm-hmm. without any apologies, and you'll be surprised you're going to get the money. Yeah, and and flipping your thinking up to a different level. Like a lot of the women I'm working with, you know, when I suggest, you know, what what you're building is sellable, and why don't we look at like the three things you need to do to make this a sellable company within maybe five to seven years and their eyes just like light up. They realize there's just a whole other game they could be playing. And the women don't talk about this in the rooms typically. It's just, there's just not a lot of events out there that women are thinking and talking about this. Allie, where did you get, there's probably not one place, but where do you credit the most uh, for getting your confidence? I think that's a gap that a lot of 48. It's called. (laughs) (laughs) So it comes with age. It's like a good wine. How old are you? You're still so young. I'm 39. Oh my gosh. So cute. Oh, Um, (laughs) thank you. So cute. Um, so you know what? You never know these days because, you know, you see people's, all you see is their Instagrams and like, you know, now we all have good med spas. I mean, so no one knows I'm, thinks I'm 48 anyway. So yeah, I think, I think, um, I have to say, I always felt I had something special to offer. I wasn't always confident around it, but I just knew in my twenties back in New York, like I knew at that ad agency, I remember looking around going, you guys are bumbleheads and you're making like a few million a year. Like, I think I could quit and freelance and try to make 40 grand. You know, like I just, I just would kind of common sense it. And then I think a lot of us who don't realize as you build your business or career, then you see how much, you know, you don't know how much, you know, until you meet people and realize what they don't know. And you're thinking, oh, wow, I could help you. I could teach. I could lead. Some of you may be thinking of this. Maybe you are good at a skill or, um, you know, a lot about a category and think you could, you could teach some stuff or be a coach or create a course or lead an organization. And, and those steps just beget more steps and each step up the ladder gives you more confidence in not only, you know, and as a coach, I have to say, it's just given me a lot of confidence, obviously in the, the advice I give, Mm -hmm. because this, this ain't my first rodeo either. You know, I was the first on the scene in that whole industry, like 15 years ago online. And I've seen a lot, (laughs) I've seen too much. Um, and, and I think for all of us though, it's just the more you do, the more confident you get now being on stage doing comedy, that would terrify me. <laughs> but but walking into rooms and, and helping women this way and helping them see and think bigger, that comes very naturally at this stage. Might have to just get my own ticket to your conference. This is uh, this is incredible. And if for anyone else who can't make it but want to get more Allie, you have a podcast which you launched um, many years ago now. I mean, like I, I joke that one year as a podcaster- sound ancient. Is- 
is like, yeah, it's like a 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that's like dog years or whatever. It is. So you right? launched Glambition Radio in 2014. 2014. Oh my gosh. And you've stuck with it, which I have to give you so much credit for. I think that there's a lot of burnout with a lot of content creation. You got to be consistent. You have to listen to your audience. You got to be constantly tweaking. And it's, it's a, it's a labor and it's a labor of love, hopefully. What has yes. kept you going? What, what is, why are you still podcasting? You know why? And it's a great question. And, and I remember hearing all this advice and like, this is how you should launch and you should have 2000 episodes ready. And then you just like crazy <laughs> stuff, right? Like stuff that I think some of it, you did. Is that my works, advice? Obviously. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't you, but like, I mean, it was just, uh, I remember just wanting to cry. And I was like, I just had, remember I, I had one year old twins. The podcast for me was the first project I gave myself permission to do for myself, which sounds it may sound funny because, but that was the point. I had this huge business at the time and this huge team and we had systems for systems and people for people and, and, and a three-year plan. And I said, you know, I want to do, I really want to have these conversations with amazing women. And, and instead of doing it weekly, I did it every two weeks for four years. And why? Because it suited me because it suited my schedule and how I wanted to work. And, and, and what's delicious about it is like, I've just, it's been the, my favorite thing I've done. Um, I just did it because I love these conversations with women. And now this year, you know, we're in the top 100 entrepreneur podcasts. I know you're in there too. It's good to see, you, you know, we're, we're in the new category they set up finally. Yes. Um, we are weekly now because we have just so many incredible guests. We, I can't space it out every two weeks. We're, we're taking it up to a whole new level. And so give yourself permission. You know, everyone puts these huge demands on themselves. Make sure you're loving this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's kind of forgetting that when you do this stuff, make sure you're going to enjoy it and love it because that, you know, you got to do the work, you got to do the hustle, but that'll come through at the end. That really will. It, it for me, this is about the long game. You know, Glambition radio was, was about um, where I wanted to go personally. And I think that's why it's been such a joy. Making it personal. Thank you so much, Ali. I always appreciate having you on. You know what? We should have you back a third time. And that would that might break the podcast record. And I would be more than happy. <laughs> I know we have so much to talk about. We so can talk much. more about money and then the, the cool kids thing. Oh, oh my God. There's a whole, there's a series here, I think, uh, of, of Ali and Farnoosh. And everyone, if you missed the first interview with Ali, go back into the archives on so many podcast.com and check it out. I know that I'll be on your podcast later this fall. Looking forward to that. Congratulations on the long running podcast. Your family, kids are in first grade now. That's so special. And your upcoming event, uh, Iconic with Allie Brown. Make sure everybody go to the website to check out that. See if you can go. And if not, your podcast, of course. Allie, thank you. Thanks, Farnoosh. Thanks so much to Allie for joining us. You can go to AllieBrown.com for more and also IconicWithAllieBrown.com for information on her November event in Phoenix. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And I hope your day is so money. Money.